is the Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. For those of you who have inquired, my mother is okay. I still maintain that the New England Patriots tried to kill her. But science is telling me otherwise. And telling her otherwise. Sounds like it's just esophageal. And not her heart as originally thought. Although, the timing is bizarre. Right as the ball went into the hand of the New England defender at the end of the game, all of a sudden she needed to go to the hospital. I'm just saying. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. You might be really upset still on Tuesday about what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I get it. Because when I woke up today, I was too. And the only thing that I've read about since then, at least until I woke up this morning, was that game. And I dreamt about that game. And I thought about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski and how Rob Gronkowski spiked the football in front of Sean Davis and gyrated sexually. It was all stuck up in my gourd. Until I found out that there are aliens that have made contact with this planet. The Pentagon, from 2007 until 2012, had a wing devoted to extraterrestrial life and video has been declassified and released that shows United States fighter pilots having UFOs in their sights my god the dude who broke the story Ralph Blumenthal from the New York Times will join me today at 6 o'clock Stu Gotts paying his debt said Friday he'd join us on Monday yesterday was hectic really appreciate him coming on We'll have him at 420 today. You guys have been nice to him, even though he picked the Steelers to win by double digits. We got Will Graves at 5 o'clock from the Associated Press. We always like to slap it up with Will. So fun show today. Not that we're not always having fun. We got to get as far away from that Patriots game as we can. I'm going to try to help y'all get through it. We're going to laugh. We're going to talk about some sports. And we're not going to fixate on the end of that game. That's actually a lie. We are going to talk about the end of the game. In fact, we're going to talk about the end of the game right now. Mike Tomlin spoke today in his weekly press conference. You could hear it right here on ESPN Pittsburgh. He said, and I'm paraphrasing here, there's no script for those moments at the end of the game. Ben can take charge and do what he feels best. What the hell? If that's the case, the quarterback didn't seem to know about it. He said he wanted to spike it. He didn't spike it. He did what the coaches thought best. He ran a play, which I happen to think is the right move. But you can't leave these things up to the quarterback. You just can't. When you're on the field, you're in the heat of the moment, and you're emotional. you got to allow the coaches to make the calls. The coaches are supposed to be the decision makers. Even Tom Brady doesn't have full carte blanche, I wouldn't think. Pretty sure Bill Belichick wants the control. You can't leave these things up to the quarterback. You can't. Ben said on his radio show on that station across the street that pays for him, 
quote, I'll take the blame for the INT at the end of the game. But then he said in hindsight, he should have listened to himself and not the coaches and just spiked the ball as he wanted to and as his teammates expected. They needed to have a plan. They didn't have a plan. They needed one. Roethlisberger shouldn't have had carte blanche there to do what he thinks. That's insane. Tom Brady doesn't have that freedom. If Ben has that freedom, it leads to the team not knowing what to do. You know how I know that? Because only one dude ran a route on the final play. Does it come from Ben? Does it come from the coaches? That's why half the team didn't move. I'm also sick of Roethlisberger being on the radio an hour before Tomlin's presser and setting up his own freaking narrative. He, quote, took responsibility for the pick, end quote, but also blamed the coaches. Bro, I don't care that you thought you were going to spike it. You've still been playing in the league for over a decade. Throw that ball into the stands, period. Period. How about this nugget from Tomlin's press conference? The referees told Mike Tomlin when the play was being reviewed at the end of the game, that James could be down at the one-yard line, and that's what the Steelers focused on during the review. What? Why would the refs have said that, first of all? And secondly, one look at the replay would let you know that not one person touched Jesse James as he maintained control of that football. He was never down at the one. That was never a possibility. And yet the Steelers spent the entire five-minute review determining what they'd do if they got the ball at the one-yard line? What? What? Why are you talking to the ref the whole time and not looking at the scoreboard? Why aren't people calling down to the headset and saying, he's not going to be down, he's not going to be down? The people upstairs are watching the same thing that we're watching on TV, and we on TV knew he wasn't down at the one. There's no excuse there. And I am the biggest Mike Tomlin defender that you will find in this town. A huge Mike Tomlin defender. But there's no excuse there. None. The Steelers needed to be prepared for the incomplete pass and where that would leave them. Period. The Steelers were preparing for a scenario that wasn't ever on the table. You think Belichick would have been doing the same thing? Eh. No. I don't. That took up the majority of their time. I'm a big Tomlin dude, but that is unacceptable. The other point of that makes me wonder if that's what the refs were reviewing initially. Were they reviewing whether or not he was short of the goal line and just so happened to stumble across, oh, he didn't maintain control? That's what it sounded like when Tomlin said that today. So even the refs at the beginning of the review didn't think that the possession of the football was in question. God, the end of the game was just like breathing in a long, drawn-out fart. We're going to discuss replay. Not a lot today. I typically find those conversations to be boring, but should there even be replay? I understand trying to make sure you fix egregious screw-ups, but does anybody with common sense think that James didn't catch the football? I said this yesterday. There should be a challenge flag for common sense. Hey, ref, I know that you say he didn't have control of the football, but with all due respect, that's BS. Yeah, you know what, coach? You're right. The rule's stupid. Bam! Touchdown. Give me a challenge flag for common sense. The thing about replay is that things are still being screwed up when there is replay. 
Replay's supposed to make sure that there aren't egregious mistakes, and yet there still are egregious mistakes being made. This wasn't a replay issue so much as a rules issue, but the replay led to the rules issue being applied because in full speed, that's a freaking touchdown. Every day of the week, at every level, until you get to college and the pros. So the question is, does replay even fix anything? Big things get screwed up all the time. Big things get screwed up without replay. But what happens is with replay, you take away the excitement of that moment. Now, it created another one with the interception there at the end. But when you have replay, you got to wait five minutes before you can cheer or boo or, in my case, throw my hat across the room. Brian and I were jumping up and down, our bellies touching. It was kind of hot if you're into that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, I was whipping clothes off. Whoa, hey there. And chucking it across the room because I was so angry. But it robbed Steelers fans from a moment that would have been filled with euphoria. Unbelievable. And it happens in other sports, too. We saw it in the Eastern Conference Final a couple of years ago for the Penguins in Game 6 against Tampa Bay when the puck was just a little bit over the blue line. Just a little bit. And Jonathan Drouin's goal was waved off. And it helped the Penguins big time. And they, quote-unquote, got it right, just like they did yesterday, or Monday, pardon me, in Pittsburgh in that final drive. But is that really what replay's for? Is replay really for a guy sliding to first base and his leg coming briefly off the bag even though he's on top of the bag? Do you really need to review that? I don't think so. By the letter of the law, sure, he's out, but come on, spirit of the rule. Same thing with Sunday night. The ball crosses the plane. He had control. That used to be a touchdown. Common sense dictates that it's a touchdown. So we'll get into all that with replay. I don't love it. Now, this is me being a total prisoner of the moment because I'm sure a couple of years ago, I can't remember that long ago, but I'm sure a couple of years ago I probably said when Jonathan Druin scored that goal, oh, refs got it right. They nailed it. They got it right. And now I don't. That's what happens in the sports radio industry. We are prisoners of the moment, and maybe I'm a prisoner of this moment, but has replay enhanced football or made it worse? I think it's made it worse. you got to wait for everything. And they still screw up things 50% of the time. Did you guys watch that Penguins game last night? Oh, my God. I know you did. They stink. They really do. But I don't think I care. I'm a big Penguins fan. You know that from listening to me during the Penguins Cup run last year. Huge Penguins fan. But they've won the last two Stanley Cups. If they don't win this year, who cares? At least I don't. 412-922-2874. The likelihood of winning a third championship was never very high. They've lost four of five, five of seven. They're in last place in the Metro, and they lost to a bad team. A bad team in the Avalanche last night. Yikes. They flat out stink right now. And Mike Sullivan was asked today if something can be done to correct this, and he said some of it. So that doesn't make you feel better. Now, does it? Penguins have made some moves today. Not a blockbuster trade or anything like that, but they did get rid of Josh Archibald. 
goaltender Sean McGuire in a 2019 sixth-round draft pick to bring in Michael Layton in the 2019 fourth-round draft pick. The Penguins then flipped a fourth-round draft pick, the one that they got in that deal, for Jamie, oh boy, Oksiak, Oleksiak. He's tall and he's a defenseman from the Dallas Stars. Now this dude is going to play left defense and right defense from everything I'm reading. This could possibly open up an Ian Cole trade. Everyone's trying to wonder what this means. What are the Penguins going to do? Why did they make these minor moves? I think this gives you some flexibility to then move in Ian Cole. I don't think Michael Layton coming in gives you the opportunity to trade Tristan Jari, but hey, crazier things have happened. I think the Penguins dropped one shoe today, and we're going to wait for that other shoe to drop. Tonight, the trade freeze begins for Christmas. How weird is that? George Washington went across a river on Christmas friggin' day, and yet we're not allowed to make trades for the next week during the holiday time? That's weird. Jim Rutherford's certainly getting his in right now. 412-922-2874. What did I say? What did I say, Joe? I think it's a great idea. Why? It's a holiday season. You don't want players jumping around. That's a, that's a player union thing, probably. That's just a hunch, but I like it. It is probably a player union thing. I mean, what difference does it make? If the GMs don't want to trade anybody, don't trade anybody during that time. I mean, you read about the Archibald trade, so now he's got to go to Arizona like lickety-split. That kind of sucks, logistically. Yeah, I have apathy for these guys. Uh, or, pardon me, empathy for these guys. Although sometimes it sounds like I've got the former and not the latter. Eh, if you're going to get traded, does it really matter if you get traded before Christmas or after Christmas? You think it does, obviously. Whatever, Joe. Whatever. You're thinking about yourself. Like, what if you had to go produce a radio show out in Arizona and your parents are carving the turkey back here? Yeah, that's a huge bummer. It is a bummer, I suppose. But does it make a difference if it happens today or if it happens on the 22nd? How long is the hiatus? It's from the end of today until, I believe, next Wednesday. Okay, so after the holiday, after Christmas. Right. Oh, damn. I'm an idiot. Yeah, but what? Well, no, no, no. My point being, December 19th is today. If there was no hiatus... You could trade a guy on the 22nd. What difference does it make being traded during that period and before that period? Like, the 19th and the 22nd. Either way, you're getting traded before Christmas, and it kind of sucks. I disagree with you. I'm really happy we kind of pulled... You pulled me away from what I was saying before. Which, really, minor trades made by the Penguins. The other shoe will drop soon, so why speculate anyhow? Let's go to Jim in Monroeville. Jim, first up on the Crowley Show. What's up, man? Thanks for taking the call. Sure, dude. I think that uh, Ben, yet again, Tom went under the bus. You recall earlier in the year where Ben was complaining about not being able to go no huddle. You're in your four-minute offense. You practice that. You're running the calls, or he's making the calls. And the one thing about that kill play, no one's moving because you want the defense to relax. So you have that one guy go out, you throw the pass, you catch him with their pants down. So Ben called that play. That wasn't a, I don't know what to do. You, of course, Tom is not going to know what he's calling if he's running the plays in the two-minute or the four-minute offense himself. So Ben threw him under the bus. Yeah, Ben did throw him under the bus because 
Ben still could have thrown the football away, and he said that. But Ben also said, in hindsight, he should have listened to himself and not the coaches. Dude, the right call was made. Go for the score. But if it's not there, you've been in the league for 14 years. Throw it away. Duh, duh, duh. Come on, Ben. You're smarter than that. Up next, Stu Gotts from the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts. You can hear them, by the way, from 2 o'clock until 4 every day immediately preceding this show. He picked the Steelers to win by 10. Now he's got to pay his penance. It's the Crowley Show. Ralph Blumenthal coming on from the New York Times at 6 o'clock. The guy who's been writing about the aliens in the Pentagon. Looking forward to that. Aliens are real. That should make you feel a little bit better about the Steelers since we're all going to die. Right now, though, Stu Gotts from the Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts joins us. And here's what Stu had to say on Friday. Let me be the guy who says it, and then everyone can blame me if the Steelers lose it. I am telling you right now, the Steelers are going to win this game by double digits. They have the better team. They have the better skill position players. I think they're going to win, and they're at home. I think the Steelers are going to win this game by 10-plus points. How about that? Damn it, Stu. Sorry. (sighs) (laughs) What about in your own personal record book? Did they win in your own personal record book, though? They did because that was the catch. Like, I don't want to – listen, I watch sports. Sports is a release for me. I don't want to think while I'm watching it, and I certainly don't want to think about whether or not someone caught a football or not when I know that he did. So, um, yeah, my personal record book, if this makes Pittsburgh, the Steelers, the fans of the Steelers, you, if it makes everyone feel better, in my own personal record book, uh, the Steelers won that game, the Patriots lost, and that means the Steelers are on track to be the one seed in the AFC. <laughs> Doesn't that just tell you – how close everything is in football where the Steelers go in one second from being the favorite maybe to win it all to, ah, they're not beating the Patriots up in freaking Foxborough. Yeah, well, that's football. It's funny because Dan and I were talking about that today. Like, we, you, you know, we don't know what we're watching. We really don't. Outside of the Patriots, which is the only consistent thing in that sport, and the Steelers aren't that far off, by the way. But outside of the Patriots, yeah, all these things come down. You know, to a call here, a play here, a drop ball there, a couple of inches. I mean, it all comes down to the smallest of margins. And because we don't pay attention to, you know, to probably the most important guys in the field, the offensive line and the defensive line, we have no idea what we're watching. We don't know what these games uh, really come down to outside of the Patriots. But then we know what we're watching. We know we're watching a team that's going to be a one or two seed every year in the AFC and, and in all likelihood play, uh, play in the championship game for a right to go to the Super Bowl. But, yeah, it's, it's – the NFL's weird, right? It's like I told Dan today as a Jet fan, and I've been doing this forever. I go into every season, not with expectations. I go into every season saying, all right, maybe we'll get a bounce here or a call there. And if we do, maybe we'll sneak in as a wild card and make a run. Like, that's just the way the NFL is. It's, uh, it's the way it is. But listen, I, I have no doubt. I, I don't know. Based off of that game, right? And that was a frustrating one. Uh, but based off of that game, Pittsburgh going up to, to New England, AFC championship game. Um, I'm confident that the Steelers, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to win that game, but I'm pretty confident that it's going to be a really close game and the Steelers will have a chance to win at the end. Yeah, a lot of Steelers fans feel the same way. A lot of Steelers fans think better about the team than they did going into this game in Pittsburgh. But what I was saying is, if you can't beat them... Hey, 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 Adam, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm hearing like programming. Oh, you're hearing programming? 
There we go. It's gone. Sorry about that. No, it's, it's all Joe's fault. I was hearing something about a pepperoni roll or something like that. Ah, Kogo's. Two for six bucks. <laughs> Listen, that is radio right there when you have memorized the uh, commercials, the deal, all of it. That, you are radio, my friend. I know. Isn't it sad? Uh, no, it's fun. no, I am too. It's funny. <laughs> I, I, I have every spot on our station and our network memorized. It's crazy. I guess where I left off, I said uh, I could see, you know, I could I could see the Steelers with a chance to win the game, you know, AFC Championship game at the end. That's what people around here think, Stu. They think that they've got a chance. But what I'm thinking is, when you've got the ball with 352 at home, up five with a Hall of Fame quarterback, you don't win that one. Ah. It's over. It's done. I threw my hat across the room. I don't get emotional at all when I watch these games anymore. I threw my hat across the room when Ben Roethlisberger's pass was intercepted. We're not used to that happening against New England. Usually it's just they blow them out. But this time it hurt even more. It was like Indiana Jones getting your heart ripped out. No, I know, but I'm glad you brought up the up five. With what, what, How much time was left? 538 or something to go? 352. Or 352, okay, because you're right. We talked about this on Monday. Like, I can't stand this about NFL coaches, and it's what separates Belichick, I think, uh, from the rest of the coaches of the NFL. Um, you're up five. You get a chance to put the Patriots out. You get a chance to end the game. You got a Hall of Fame quarterback with two Super Bowls. You got, you know, Brown. I guess he was hurt, but you got Le'Veon Bell. Offense is moving the ball. You have a chance to end that game right there. And the conservative play calling from all of these coaches, including Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin who is so focused on getting his team out of every stadium alive, might want to help his team get out of his own stadium alive and not call, like, such just bland plays when you've got a Hall Like, trust your quarterback there, your Hall of Fame two-time Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Trust him to make the plays that are going to end that game because I promise you, if the Patriots were up five with three, you know, three minutes of change to go, they would have put the ball in Brady's hands and Brady would have ended that game. And I don't understand. Tomlin, they teach toughness they teach don't cave in in the big moment right that's all the stuff that these coaches preach and they teach and then what happens in the biggest of moments biggest game of the year who shrivels up it's mike tomlin not the players it's mike tomlin and his play calling and that just drives me crazy so you're saying tomlin blinked yeah yes he blinked yes he blinked yes the guy who says don't blink yes and there were no splash plays none of that no splash plays just conservative 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 tom brady here's the ball and it's funny adam i'll tell you I told my daughter, because that first pass by Brady should have been intercepted. It wasn't. Ugh. And when it wasn't, I told my daughter, who one of the you know, twin 13-year-olds, one of them's really into sports, I said, Rachel, turn around and watch the end of this game. And she said, why? And I said, Tom Brady's going to march him right down the field. That's what the best quarterback, of, uh, the greatest quarterbacks of all time do. They march their team right down the field. And lo and behold, Gronk, 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 touchdown. And then I told her, because it was very un-Brady-like, that they left so much time on the clock for Roethlisberger, I said, hey, the other guy's a Hall of Famer, too. Watch this. He's going to march him right back down the field. And he did. And then they had the blown call at the end. I guess it wasn't a blown call, but a bad rule at the end. And then uh, the inexplicable interception where he just has to throw it in the stands in that spot. I don't know what he was thinking. Yeah, no one here knows what he was thinking. And that's why the hat wound up going across the room. Stu Gotts from the Dan Levitard <laughs> Show with Stu Gotts joining me here on the Crowley Show. We've been talking about aliens today, Stu. Because yeah. of everything going on with the Pentagon and Rob Gronkowski's not human, right? I mean, what the bleep do you do to cover this guy? He's six foot seven. He's however much he weighs, he doesn't look like a normal human should look. He, he's he's not shaped like a regular guy. No, he's not. He's he's uh, he's an alien, and I'm looking forward. I, in fact, I'm going to tune in live to your show at six o'clock today because I want to hear this guy from the side talk about aliens. That's that's a good job by you. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, but Gronk, yes. Like, and maybe he'll be able to explain Gronk in a way that I can't because I can't explain him because you're right. He's, he's absolutely an alien. I, I'm wondering, are people, because you look at the Thomas Davis hit from the Carolina Panthers, who got two games, and I had no problem <laughs> with him getting two games, but how does Gronk not get two games? And I'm telling you, I think the reason is the NFL, and because what Gronk did was far worse. I mean, the guy was laying on the ground defenseless, the play was over, and Gronk just rammed his, you know, his entire body into him. What Thomas Davis did at least happened during the, the course of play. It was bad, but it happened during the course of play. Like, I'm, is, are Pittsburgh fans mad? Like, that conspiracy stuff where the NFL wanted Gronk to be active for that Steelers game because it was such a big game for CBS and for the NFL? I'm wondering if, if Pittsburgh fans are buying into that kind of conspiracy theory right now. Oh, there. Pittsburgh fans are pissed about a lot of things today. Uh, that is definitely one of them. They win the game if Rob Gronkowski's not on the field. There's no question about it. And then Steelers fans think if they win that game, the Patriots then might have to play three games prior to going to the Super Bowl. They've never done that before, so the hope was they wind up winning the game and not having to play New England. So while you figured he'd be back for the AFC Championship game, <laughs> Steelers fans are hoping maybe there would be no AFC Championship game against those guys. Right. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of fascinating. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm guessing Roethlisberger and Tomlin, all those guys, thought they want to be the Patriots at full strength. I'm guessing the fans do too. But, yeah, it's like not having Gronk there. And now, now, you could say, hey, I want to be in a full strength, but they lost Rex Burkhead. You lost Antonio Brown. Like, there's that. Right. Gronk should not have been playing in that game. That's, that's, that's just it. It should have been a three- or four-game suspension that's appealed and gets knocked down to two games, but it's pretty obvious that they wanted them, uh, they wanted them playing, playing in that game. It, it's funny, right, because, you know, we're sitting here talking at him, and I'm wondering, like, have you done the – like, have you tried to count this out? Like, how many Super Bowls – you have two with Roethlisberger. Uh, how many Super Bowls do you think the Steelers win if Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots never happen? Like, if they just, if they just don't exist, if that never happens, what do you think? You've won four or five Super Bowls if you, if you don't have to deal with Brady and Belichick? Yeah, I think so. I think they probably win in 01, although Cordell Stewart was the quarterback, so that was kind of a dice roll there. They right. probably win in 04, Ben's rookie year, where they were 15-1, and one. although <laughs> you know all about that year with the Jets in the divisional yep. round. So yep. maybe not, because Ben wasn't playing great. But uh, you could at least say they're going to win one more at least, right? Uh, I would say probably, yeah, I would say at least one, probably two or three, um, which is just... I mean, listen, the Jets, it doesn't matter. The Jets would still have zero. Um, but for your team, yeah, you would, <laughs> you would, yeah, I'm guessing you'd tack on another two or three if, if Brady and Belichick simply <laughs> did not exist. Do you like um, how seriously I approach that answer, though? Why wouldn't yes, I just, why wouldn't I just yes. say three? Why not just say three? You know what? They'd have you, three more. You should have said like seven. Yeah. I mean, why, I don't know why you broke it down like that. I was trying, <laughs> yes, I, I spiked it, you know, I kind of lobbed it up you to you to, to slam it home and you really like, you broke. The guy who's having a, a, a an alien expert on at six, <laughs> where he wants to get serious, is breaking down how many <laughs> Super Bowls the Steelers would have had if Brady wasn't around. <laughs> oh, man. I just, they got in my head, man. Those Patriots got in my head. And I know, listen, I know, man. They've been in my head for 15 years. I'm a Jets fan. I got to face them two times a year. Like, I know. I feel, listen, I feel awful for you. I feel awful for the city. I feel awful for the fans. And again, you could you could you could turn all your anger towards me because I'm the one who predicted that they win by double digits. So it's it's on me. It's not on you. Because I hate when people do that. Like I hate when people tell me, "Oh, this is the year the Jets are going to beat the Patriots and the Patriots win by 40." So it's on me, man. I know how you feel. Trust me. No one knows better how you and the city of Pittsburgh feels than me. I have to face that team two times a year. The only difference is you thought the Steelers would win, and nobody in the city of Pittsburgh thought they had a chance. And then you lifted their spirits. You got them all excited. 
You made him believe. You made him believe. I know, but, but I'll be honest with you. Had you asked me that same question and I was doing the interview in Boston, I would have told you the Patriots would have won. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're good like that. You're good like that. Uh, Stu, a funny thing. On Friday, uh, after you came on, my producer said, do you want Stu's number so that you can just text him and try to figure stuff out on Monday? And I said, yeah, sure. I said, but you might want to give it to me on Monday because if you give it to me Friday, I'm going to get hammered. And then when watching the game, I'm going to text him if things start going bad. So <laughs> I probably texted you more than you wanted me to anyhow. But had I been intoxicated over the weekend, that's the last thing you would have wanted. No, see, I would have I would have appreciated those texts as it was unfolding, as the game was going on. Um, so so now you have my number, and I'd appreciate Like, I, I, I would like to see how you are. Take me through your emotional range uh, watching a Steelers game. Like, feel free. Just fire away with texts. Don't worry about it. We're good, okay? Very good. Yeah, I'll paint you a word picture from Sunday. I was very happy for 58 minutes of that football game. And when Juju Smith-Schuster is running down the field, and I thought it was very appropriate, I even tweeted this out, 69-yard reception by Juju, kind of just to throw it in the face of Rob Gronkowski, and I'm jumping up and down with my producer, and I mean, it got somewhat romantic, and then the hat went across the room when the interception was thrown, and it was just, it was terrible. Right, did he? So you watched the game with your producer. That's interesting. Did you guys hug it out? Like, what was going on there? Was there, was there hugging going on? Like, what? Like, take me through that. What happened? Uh, borderline inappropriate. Uh, I mean, okay. yeah, I, I think our shirts rode up a little bit, so there might have been some belly-on-belly belly touching uh, with us jumping mm-hmm. up and down. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe a moon landing situation happened. It was, a, it, was, right. it, was a little, it was a little perverse, and then, well, then all the bad words came out. Yeah, so I'm wondering, but had they had they won the game, like what happens there? Did, did, did the two of you like like a scene out of Rocky Three? Do you guys like run on it? Like, do you put your high you know, your tube socks on, pull them up to your knees, and <laughs> you run into the ocean together, hugging each other with slow music? How does that work? Well, this is Pittsburgh, so we just would have dumped into the snowbank in the uh, in the parking <laughs> lot, but it would have been very similar to that. Uh, hey, Stu, what uh, was the, what was the most frustrating part for you? Like, uh, of all the frustrating things that happened in that game. Uh, the catch that wasn't a catch. Tomlin, uh, not, you know, not trying to put the game away, uh, up five with three plus minutes to go. Uh, the Roethlisberger interception. What, like, what was the one thing where, <laughs> I'm trying to identify when you and your producer were at your lowest moment in your living room watching the game. Well, lowest moment was the end, but it right. was, it was like you whenever you turned around to your daughter. It was when Sean Davis dropped the interception and we've seen that movie before. Uh, you knew right. Brady right. was going to lead him down. Right. You knew right then and there. That's why I told my daughter, turn around, watch this. You're going to take it right down the field. Like, you have one chance to pick that ball off and end, and end the game, right? And when you don't, uh, you know it's going to happen. Like, you're sitting there watching the final three minutes, and it doesn't matter what happens. You know eventually what the outcome is going to be, and the outcome sucks. And that's the worst part about playing the Patriots. Yeah, it blows, and it's yeah. it's why it's why alcohol was invented. Uh, Stu, <laughs> uh, appreciate the time, man. Thank you so much for uh, for spending time with us again here for the uh, a couple times in the last couple of shows. It means a lot. No, it's my pleasure, man. Uh, I appreciate it, and, uh, and I'm serious. Like, text me during the weekend. I want to see how, I want to <laughs> see how you are during these games. Okay, will do, man. Thanks a lot. All right, and let's do it again before the AFC Championship uh, game. Let's do it again because I have the Steelers winning that game by 20. All right? <laughs> <laughs> Stu Gotts, Dan Levitard Show with Stu Gotts. Thanks again, man. All right, you got it, man. Oh, oh, I love that guy. I really do. I kind of a man crush on him. Let's be real here. Let's be real, man. I, I listen to their show every single day. I fall asleep to their show all the time. He seems like he's a great guy. He gets radio. 
obviously. Much better than I am. One day, maybe. Fingers crossed. Man, you're glowing. I know. Like, you went out with a, on a first date with your love, but this is like a second date, and you think it might be the real thing? Uh, like, that's the kind of glow <laughs> you got. <laughs> Brian, this was the third date. Oh, my apologies. We talked back in training camp. I'm sorry. This relationship is moving so fast, I can't keep up with I it. I know. I know. Those are a hot, a hot item. Hot and heavy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 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 <sighs> we are sports. Stay up to date with us on Facebook, ESPN Radio Pittsburgh, or on Twitter, where we keep it shorter at ESPN Radio PGH. Let me be the guy who says it, and then everyone can blame me if the Steelers lose it. I am telling you right now, the Steelers are going to win this game by double digits. They have the better team. They have the better skill position players. I think they're going to win, and they're at home. I think the Steelers are going to win this game by 10-plus points. How about that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. So I'm going to be friends with Stu Gatz, best friends, in fact, but it goes back to Joe. Joe's like, should I get Stu Gatz before the Steelers-Pats game? I said, yes, please. And then it happened. Here's what I need from all of you out there, the listener, because this is all our plot to make Stu Gatz my best friend and then for me to make it nationally. <laughs> this is this is my plot. If you care about me, you care about the show, and you did this for me Friday, we got a handful of people who did this. I want more than Friday. Tweet at StuGott790, at underscore Adam Crowley. Just say, great segment with at underscore Adam Crowley, at StuGott790. Now, don't say anything about me requesting that, but make them know that you love them. Make them know it's great. Please and thank you. Let's go to Steelers Jimmy next up on the Crowley Show. Hello, Steelers Jimmy. What's up, doggy? Hey, you know what's funny, Adam? Stugatz would have been right, and I'm not crying the injury card or nothing. Stugatz would have been right if A.B. was in that game. And also, on that conservative drive that we're all talking about with three minutes to go, if A.B.'s in that game, it's not so conservative. I just honestly, in my heart of hearts, believe that. We would have beat them guys by ten points at least. I think you're right. I I really do. Adam, seriously. Steeler Jimmy. No, no, seriously. Seriously, dog. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. When the Steelers were up eight, I felt like they could have been up more. I thought that they were the much better team for the majority of the game. You know know A.B.'s, Mr. Clutch. If A.B. was on that that drive with three minutes left, they would have went. Dude, it would have been over. The game would have ended. All this crap at the end of the game would have never happened. Uh, they they couldn't answer. They didn't have an answer for Bell, just like we didn't have an answer for Gronkowski. But then, if you got AB in the mix, how are they going to take care of Bell and AB and all the other supporting cast? Jesse James, uh, Eli, and Martavis. Bill, we want to beat those guys, man. No, so I know it sucks. We got, if if it happens, we got to go to Foxborough, and that's going to be tough. But we got we got the team to do it, man. We could beat these these guys. Uh, we could beat these guys. <laughs> Thanks, doggy. Appreciate it. Uh, All right, Adam.
412-922-2874. That was weird. I love Steeler Jimmy, though. He always brings the energy. He called me doggy. You doggy. Doggy. Down and doggy. In different circumstances, you might think that it was a sexual thing. Or yoga. Downward dog? Gee. That's for children. Downward doggy? 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. And tell Stu Gotts that you love him at Stu Gotts. 790. Will Graves will be joining us in 12 minutes. He slaps it around, too. There's so much to get to from Tomlin's press conference. So much going on with the Penguins. But here's the deal. I woke up today and I felt like bleep. I did. I dreamt all night long about the Steelers' loss. I'm not kidding. My dog woke up at 5 because she had to drop one, which really sucks when you got to wake up in the middle of the night because your dog's got to... That stinks. You fall back asleep after you've already been asleep and you wake up and you fall back asleep. The dreams are much more vivid. That's a thing. It is. That's whenever most of my sex dreams happen when you (laughs) fall asleep and then you wake up and fall asleep again. So I was thinking about the Patriots and all these weird things are going through your head. Like the ball bounces differently or Ben throws one through the back of the end zone. And I want to talk about it therapeutically, but at the same time, I'm tired of thinking about it. I hope Ball don't lie and the Steelers play Buffalo this weekend, or pardon me, the Patriots play Buffalo this weekend and lose, and the Steelers win out and still get the number one seat. Give me Ball don't lie. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. You're looking at me, Brian, like whenever I said that West Virginia has a chance to win the championship next year. I don't think you're as crazy in this instance as you are in the West Virginia instance. See, here's the difference. With West Virginia... You know enough to back off just short of the national championship. That's the difference. With this one right here, I'm kind of on your side. They can lose to a team that's eight and six and Could playing happen. for the playoffs. Could happen. You have a few Bills fans. You know that Bills mafia. Yeah. You know if they jump on enough tables, yeah. you never know what could happen. You never know. Is there some sort of magical power that has to do with that? Like, do they feel like it's human sacrifice? Like every person that goes through a table, they win a game. Like, I, I just, I, man, I'm telling you, I don't get that practice in any way. I don't see how it even becomes a thing. I, it's just a bunch of morons looking to hurt themselves as far as I'm concerned. But let me say this. Mm-hmm. If they can prove that there's a correlation between jumping on tables and your team wins, get me a high dive and I'm jumping on a table. Me too. I'll do it. I mean, I'll take a 15-foot header for the Steelers. I will. I'll let you do it then. And maybe Joe. Well, actually, yeah, I outranked Joe, so we should, and we like Joe too. We Let's should probably go one below and make Alex Lehu do it. You know? Oh yeah. Let him head first into a table. Yeah, I don't think anything would happen though, because the baseline concussion test would look a lot like the, the aftermath. That's true, and I feel real bad for not only the table but the ground afterwards. There'd be a big divot. I just can't believe the game went down the way that it did, and everything that Tomlin said today in the press conference. If you had gotten over it by the press conference. You relived it all again in the press conference because Mike Tomlin didn't really sound like he knew what the bleep he was talking about. And I'm a huge Tomlin defender, and we'll get into this with Will Graves coming up. Tomlin said there's no script for those final moments. Ben can take charge and do what he feels is best. You need to have a script. You need to. We're not talking about my radio show here where we kind of fly by the seat of my pants, our pants. 
We're talking about the end of a football game going for home field advantage. You've got to know what you're going to do. And it's like you said, Adam, the guys in the booth need to tell you what you're looking for. You shouldn't be looking for a one-yard play. You should be looking for the incomplete pass at the end. And and that's the thing. With no script, there's got to be something. How does Mike Tomlin hear the referee in his ear say, oh, you might be down at the half-yard line, and not think to look up at the board himself? Tomlin knows the rules. Tomlin's in the competition committee. He's been playing football his entire life and coaching the game his entire life. This isn't college where your knee hits the ground and you're down. In fact, if it was, Steelers would have had the ball at the half-yard line, which, again, puts a little salt in the wound. You know the rules! Look at the scoreboard! Hear from the people who are talking in your ear. You know what they're going to say? The only possibility here is that the ball comes loose at the end. They're not going to say he was down. There was no one near enough to touch him. So even though the referee said it, which he shouldn't have, because that's bogus, he should still have known Mike Tomlin. That's not the rule. Beyond that now, which also pisses me off, is that it sounds like the referee thought that that was why the play was being reviewed in the first place. Like, they never thought that the ball was loose. And if you look at every single New England Patriot who's standing there watching Jesse James, he rolls into the end zone, not one of them went incomplete. Not one of them gave that sign, that universal sign with me flapping my wings over here. Not one of them did that. Not one of them. So they weren't thinking that. What Mike Tomlin said at the press conference makes me think that the refs weren't thinking that. God, I didn't want to get sucked into this again, but I did. I did it to myself. It's hard not to, man. It dra- that's the problem with the Tuesday press conference after a loss like that. It it just drags it back through the mud. It's like a bad breakup that's just reminded. Ugh. Like, all of a sudden, the girl's at your door on Tuesday at noon. There she is. I want my stuff back. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, this hurts even more now. It, and that's what it was. It exactly that. was. It exactly was. Tomlin also said, and this is the one <laughs> they all heard, actually. This is the one that irritates me maybe more than the other two. Tomlin said that the refs called a timeout at the end of the game, despite the Steelers not wanting the timeout. But it irritates me for a number of reasons. One, they should never have... They should have called the timeout. They, they, uh, Mike Tomlin saying he doesn't want the timeout is infuriating to me because Ben would have got down there and spiked it. It would have been second in that, It would have been second down with 14 seconds left instead of first down with 34 seconds left. So that was dumb. Other thing that was dumb was Roethlisberger looking at the sideline, making the T sign for timeout, and then Mike Tomlin's excuse being, oh, the refs thought that he was doing that to them. Duh! Of course they did! The quarterback was making the timeout sign! So of course they thought that. And finally, it's the refs. I can't actually blame them on that one. I can't. I can't blame the refs there. Try, maybe. Like a truck. You know what, the refs? What are you doing there? I know that Ben's running down the field like a jackass. Backwards and spinning around and oh, like, yeah, he's doing yeah, the whole, You know what? Emphatically. I, I can't blame the refs there. I can't. <laughs> no, he was calling for it. Well, you and I are watching on TV from the studio, and yeah. I look around at the TV again, like after you and I like weren't attached anymore. Yeah. Like you pretty much had to split the Siamese ten, <laughs> the twins, and I uh, I look back at the TV, and Ben's like a whirling dervish. Oh, that's exactly what he was. He, he looked like a dreidel going down the field. <laughs> Up next, Will Graves from the Associated Press. I'm sure he's got thoughts on all this. It's the Crowley Show.